Hi, this is Sir Flobogen Thunderhammer. And I'm King Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. We got a couple of serious ones uh, under our belt. I slept with the king. And you become the champion day one and walk out. I'm surprised your beards didn't get Velcroed together. Explain that. No, you have to explain. I have a clue. That's why. Some sort of LARP thing. I survived that. I'm, I'm not going to murder you. Baronet Oz the Drunk is the local monarch of one of Winter's Edge fastest growing parks, Everliving Woods. Today we'll be exploring his thoughts on the state of the kingdom, how his park has managed its growth, and how the park has been handling COVID. Oz, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks guys for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, so I got to ask, uh, how did you get into AmpGuard? You are one of the younger AmpGuarders in the, the, the kingdom. Uh, how did you hear about it? How did it start? So I started AmpGuard as probably about, I guess it's about four years ago now. Um, I got into cosplay quite a bit. Uh, I joined the 501st for Alabama, Ooh. which is a, which is a star Wars cosplay group. Um, and they're very, very uptight about how they do it. And I was standing there at uh Camicon in Birmingham, uh, in my full Royal guard outfit, just standing there, just menacingly standing there. And I had a guy come up to me and on his chest, it said, ask me about your local LARPing. Well, everybody's seen, uh, What's the name of that movie where they've got? Um, I know which one all, you're talking about. The uh, had the blonde hair. Role giant. models. Yeah, role, role models. Role models. models. Yeah. One, yeah. Everybody's seen that. And it, you know, ask me about your local LARP group. And I was like, hey, I took off my helmet. And you're not supposed to do that. It's a big thing with the five first because when you're in character, you're in character. Oh, they're serious. And, huh? uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. Are they serious about it, huh? Yeah. Okay. So. I took my helmet off and I was like, hey, I know you want to talk to me about the 501st. I know you, you're interested in stuff like that, but I want to talk to you first. So we went outside and talked for about an hour. And that ended up, hey, the person I talked to actually is, is one of my pages currently. His name's Raced. Um, oh, nice. And the next day I showed up to their amp guard event um, and I was hooked ever since. I was. It was that weird transition where you show up day one, you don't know anything about the park, you don't know anything about amp guard except the fact that you love the idea of it. And you become the champion day one and walk out with like, I thought it was a cool title. I didn't know it had all these rules and responsibilities. Wait, wait, wait. Did you, did you literally become champion on your first day? Okay. (laughs) Explain that. You have to explain that because that's wild. They had officer elections then. And I didn't, I didn't know any better. I mean, I just got there and I was fighting. I had made, they sent me the rule book. And of course, you know, I I went nerd on it and read the rule book and, and looked at the requirements and all that. I made a, uh, I call it a Q-tip. It was a big blue Q-tip. Uh, it was a two-ended great weapon, and I mm-hmm. also made a short, but I made them out of fiberglass cores taped together. It was awful. It's amazing how many people's first weapon can be described as the Q-tip. It, yeah. it really is. The, uh, it's because it sounds like the coolest thing, like gladiator type stuff. Well, yeah, it's it's the American gladiator weapon, right? You've got the, right. the you know shimmy move you can do with it. Yeah, I, I also had a Q-tip starting out. <laughs> so I showed up, it was me and my wife, we showed up that day, and I had uh, I had the Q-tip, she had my sword, um, and she's not so much into fighting, but, you know, bless her soul, she went out there and did it with me, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, come to find out they were having, they were having voting that day for their, their officers and all of that, and I didn't know anything about it, and I guess I made just a good impression day one, I, I have no idea, but they said, oh, we're voting for Monarch, uh, so back then they did all five of them. They didn't do the three and the two split okay, uh, yeah. because it was, a, it was a freehold at the time. They did all five at once. Um, 
and they said that they were doing everything. And I was like, I'm a champion. That sounds, sounds kind of cool. I'm a champion. I feel like a champion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just because Freddie Mercury (laughs) said you were a champion doesn't mean that you are. Yeah. Oh, mean, mean. (laughs) But, uh, so I was like, yeah, cool. Champion sounds awesome. Let me, can I, can I, can I try Like, can I try out for that? And they're like, well, there's no tryout. You just vote. And I was like, well, like, dude, can I vote for myself? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they're like, well, you have to be dues paid. And I was like, all right. And how much is it? And they're like, six bucks. I gave them a $20 bill and I was like, keep the change. I'm not worried about that. And next thing I know, I was standing up front and they were telling everybody about everything, like who got what. They're like, oh, and uh, the the new player, uh, Osgiliath, got our champion spot. And I stood there and I was like, well, that's cool. I was like, yeah, let's get this going. How many votes were like, uh, was it three people? And so my question is as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So at the time there were three of us running and I, I, this was back on the park was first founded. Right. Um, it was only the second reign that they had gone through and, or yeah, I think it was the second reign. And, uh, there were probably about two or three people there that were running for champion, but overall there was probably about, maybe 10, 12, I want to say close to 15 people at that time. It was very small, but, um, they had, they had grown quite a bit at that time, just from recruiting friends, no friends, you know, this, this new thing, you go out there, hit each other with weapons, throw fireballs. Cause we're all nerds, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the votes were. I could probably go back and look honestly. Uh, cause we've, we've, we've taken all of our paperwork and put it all into the Google share drive now. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I just, day one just walked on and it was cool because they, they were like, all right, we're going to add you this chat. We're going to get to talking with you and work with the GMR. And I was like, all right, awesome. Cool. Wait, work. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> the, the subtext with all of that was you're screwed. Yeah. And, and that was the funny thing though, too, is that that was my intro into Amcard. is, you know, I had an idea about the rules. I had an idea about what was going on. Kind of, you know, every new player comes in and they just want to hit stuff and they're always out there waving it so wildly, no precision, mm-hmm. no nothing. You just, you feel like your label loss out there, you know, just swinging everything around. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, they're like, yeah, you have responsibilities. You got to make games. And I'm like, I don't even know all the rules. So one more follow up on that. You, when you were telling that story, you said, Hey, you know, our new player, uh, Osgiliath is, is going to be running for this. Did you have your name the first day that you come? Yeah. Like, that, what's the story behind the name? So I I picked my name Osgiliath Day. Um, and the only reason I picked Osgiliath is because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, as you can tell by the vintage poster behind me and on the other wall that you can't see. Um, but I love Lord of the Rings. And me and my wife were talking about it. And I was like, cool. I was trying to come up with a name. I was going to be like Gandalf. And she's like, no, that's cheesy. And I was like, Aragorn. She's like, no, that's cheesy. <laughs> and I was like, all right, fine, Manwe. And she's like, who's that? And I was like, that's from. Oh, oh, that's, wait, that's no. From, that's from someone really. And all right, fine. No, I won't do that one. And we were talking about it. And um, it just popped in my head. I was Gilead. And I was standing there and I was like, whoa, wait. I was Gilead. Oz. Wizard of Oz. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that, that's how it is. And it's funny. I'm actually looking in the description of, uh, of the show and it says Baron A. Osgiliath, but it's actually an S, not a Z. The original one was a Z because I wanted to go with Osgiliath. But then when I looked it up, it's actually OSG in the book. So I was like, I got to change that. We were going for the very hipster version. Uh, of yeah. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Takes me back. Takes me back. 
Yeah, I actually just did a quick search in the orc just to see how many Aragorns there are. And this isn't a... Um, I'm not trying to put all the Aragorns in the game on blast, but there are at least six. Um, so you would not have been the first one with that idea. It's, it's good that you came up with something else that stuck. <laughs> well, you know, I, I like the name Oz. It's just, it, you know, and I'm not fluffing or anything like that, but it just, it's not a name that you hear too often. It's, it's just, it's cool that we have another Oz in our kingdom. Um, but it, it just took me by surprise the first time I met him. Cause I thought I was the only Oz around, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's, <laughs> so you are, you are soon to be belted to, Sir Bunch the Drunk. Currently, you're belted to Squire Bunch the Drunk. Um, what's what's it like in that belt line? I know the drunks. I, I see them all over the place. I see um, you've got Jafeth, you've got um, Toast, you've got quite a few people there. So what's what's that like? What's the belted line like? So our belt line, um, just just directly under Bunch, is a phenomenal group of people. I mean, I, I I didn't really know everybody at first. Whenever I first got into the belt line, and when I got into Bunch's belt line it was just one of those great big honors for me because he was, when I went to my first Ampcard event, like I told you, I went to park that first week, right. got champion. Well, that first weekend after that, we went to our first kingdom. Event. Wow. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like things were just being thrown out and right and left. And uh bunch was, it was, I was in a group called the Lantern Corps in Alabama. It was basically a group of people that did cosplay. And uh, they, they had the group, a group in, in Florida name Lantern Corps. And I was like, oh man, I want to talk to these guys. You know, I'm all about doing doing stuff for other people. And uh, Bunch was the first person that talked to me, that gave me the light of day. And we sat there and talked for a while and I cut um, Black Olives while listening to Disney music with him and Metro. That tracks. It, yeah. It was, yeah. It was one of those experiences that I remember so vividly. Uh, it was just, and, and you always remember that first person that takes so much interest in you that doesn't know anything about you. I could have been a mass murderer and I could have left there with the best friend. It was just one of those things that was awesome for me. So to start off with that as the pinnacle and to just trickle down between all the other people inside of the belt line is just, it, it's a high point to trickle down. From. Uh, but as far as like the belt line itself goes, it, it's everything that I wanted to have in a belt line. If I could ever have a belt line, it would be that. It's friendship, it's camaraderie, it's alcohol, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's kind of in the name, isn't it? Yeah, right. It, yeah. Um, but it's also about your belt path, too, because Bunch has taught me a lot about myself and about my Amcar career and what my goals are. And, you know, and Toast as well. I mean, look how look how much me and Toast have risen together. Yeah. Um, and that's what it is. is it's, a, it's a serpent um, flame belt line. That's okay. what we focus on. Um, we all have mediocre sword skills. I mean, I go out there, people are like, oh, it's fucking awesome. Hey, join the club. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing though, is I don't, I don't, I don't shine on the field with fighting. That's why at kingdom events, you'll see me fight sometimes, but most of the time I'm doing what I do. I am either the metacrat, uh, serving the kingdom in that fashion. I'm, I'm reaving. I always get asked to read. Um, it's, it's just things like that. I'm, I'm more, I feel more useful and more blessed just helping the kingdom out. And that's what this belt line does is we help others, you know, we're obviously creative and things like that, but it's just the service factor and Bunch being Bunch right. has done it so much and so often that the examples were overflowing there. He just teaches us constantly what to do and more often than not, what not to do. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's certainly a figure. I mean, everybody who's been in the same room with him certainly knows Bunch by the time they leave. Um, so I guess you you sort of touched on you know that's a it's a serpent flame uh, beltline. So what's next for you when when uh, Squire Bunch becomes Sir Bunch? Do you become Squire Oz? What is the the next step? So. We talked about this a while back, and it was me. Uh, Metro has kind of taken like a little bit of a backseat. He has a lot going on. Um, so me and Toast were talking about it at the same time with him about, hey, if you become a knight, what happens to us? And um, he said, well, we'll set you some goals. And once you reach those goals, uh, when I become a knight, if you've reached them, then we'll talk about elevating you, and we'll go ahead and do it. Or if you haven't, then we'll elevate you by the time that time comes. Well, that was two years ago. Um, and those goals have been reached and surpassed by this point. So my assumption, and I hate to assume, but my assumption would be that as soon as the big guy gets the white belt, he's going to take off his red belt, probably chuck it at my head and take another red belt out of his bag that he's probably going to bring with him and chuck it at toast and hug both of us and probably cry the whole time. It, so. That does sound like a pretty apt description of, uh, of a bunch. It would either be that bunch would either do that or he would belt the two of you together with one belt and make you fight for it. Um, <laughs> and I'm cool with either. Well, you know, it's funny. We've talked about this so much and so often between me, him and toast that we've actually claimed. So I'm a huge legacy fan. Like I love legacy stuff. If you can take something that you had and just pass it to the next person, it becomes a legacy at that point. It's you handing down all your, all the th- good things you've done, all the bad things you've done just to the next person. And yeah. he has a Star Wars belt. As you can see, point, I love Star Wars. Yep. And he has a belt that has a huge ass Death Star on it. I think and it also has a lightsaber belt. in it as well. It it's does. like worked in. Yeah. Now, that lightsaber is not green anymore, obviously. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But that's the belt that I'm going to be getting. And obviously, it's not going to fit me at first. Uh, I'm either going to grow into it or. <laughs> Or I'm going to end up hemming it down to my size. But the fact that he had that, um, and we talked about it, and I said, dude, if I ever become your squire, that's my fucking belt. I don't know where you got it. And then he told me where he got it. And I was like, okay, cool. I want that belt. That belt's mine. And he has, a, he has another belt that he got from tie-dye. Um, yes. That was his everyday belt. Um, that He's going to give that one to Toast. So, yeah. So I, 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 we've already talked about it quite a bit. I'm hoping he gets it. You know, at some point, I mean, the big guy obviously deserves it. He's put so much yes. time in the amp guard. It's, it, it's, he's honestly one of those top five people where I gauge that they just, at this point, they've earned, in my opinion. And I may be right or wrong, but it's what it is. Well, uh, I'm, I'm the monarch, and I said you're right. So <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were talking about it a little bit before the show started, but I think we said uh, 18 years. He's been in for about 18 years or so, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, yeah. The uh, little bit of a subject change uh, here. Uh, what is it like um, being the monarch of uh, a park with the type of growth that uh, Everliving Woods has experienced? Uh, I know that it comes in, in phases for a lot of parks, and COVID, of course, has had a large impact on that. Oh, but yeah. uh, not just growing the park, but keeping those numbers up. Uh, what do you... What do you do to facilitate that? So just a, a bit of history about where our park kind of came from, but it'll lead into where I'm going out with this. Our park initially started out 
as a group of people. It was kind of like Robin Hood and his Merry Men. You know, it was a group of uh, it was a group of people of misfits, people that didn't fit in in society as a whole. A shire, and, you might uh, call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the idea was is to take people and give them confidence, reform them. You know, just show them that they have a family, even if their own family sucks. Even if people treat them like garbage because they have some social anxiety issues, or because they don't they they don't fit into this little square that we call society. Everybody's on the outside, and our park was formed to give those people a home, to give them a place to stay, to give them a friend, to give them a buddy to someone that can talk to you. It's kind of like AA for nerds that want to hit people with bats. <laughs> um, but it actually bloomed into so much more than that. You know, we reached out, we started pulling in more people. Um, and then at one point the park collapsed, um, which was not fun. But then me and my page ended up taking it back, um, rebuilding it. And that's where that growth that you've started to see has really started to incline from there. Um, but man, the growth of the park has just been phenomenal. I think that a lot of our growth was done. You say spurts. I like to call them explosions. Um, we had probably about 10, 12 people. Um, and then uh, someone who entered our park and a way that people did not like um, really kind of shook things up for everybody. He walked in, he rolled the field. He showed everybody that what me and race did was child's play in comparison. Um, and that made us raise our game to his level. And that was one of the first explosions that really got our park booming as far as the drive to make it better and, and stronger and fuller was someone coming in that had already played before that was, had played for years before and showed us that this cool game that we play, man, that shit's better. It's much better. It is fascinating to me to hear this story told over and over again the excitement and the uh, newness of all of the players that are just now starting coupled with the tempered experience of someone that's been in the game for a little while really is a recipe to make the population of a park boom. Uh, we've talked to a, a lot of people and every single one of them keep telling us different variations of the same story. Growing a park is not easy, but it's not difficult either. It's work, right? It, it's yeah, exactly. putting in the time. It's talking to people. It is making them feel safe and secure and like they have a place to go. Oh, Let's yeah. face it. Our game is full of a lot. Uh, it, it's full of a lot of the, the misfit toys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, I certainly sat on the unpopular kids' side of the cafeteria uh, in high school. Yep. And I'll do it, so did I. being able to provide a place where those people can go and be themselves and find one of the many, many different hobbies and fun things that you can do in AmpGuard uh, is, is really the key. It's You don't have to do any of the other uh large scale plans. It just starts with those little things like talking to people and making them feel welcome. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, we have, we still have a few of our original people um, that were there whenever the whole founding came around. Um, but I mean, we still today that that's one of the things that we try and focus on is 
giving people a home, giving them confidence, give them everything that, you know, that you just brought up as well. And one of the things that we've been doing as far as like growth goes and things like that is we've been trying to, at first we tried using Facebook as a sponsor. Uh, that kind of work, kind of didn't. But then we realized that we, we need to go out and we need to do stuff. Um, and one of my biggest things was is when I became Monarch of the Park, this, this, this term for me, um, was I was going to recruit. I, was, I had a recruitment drive. I had it all built up. I was going to do it that way. And COVID came in and said. Yeah, and yeah, I, I feel that. I bet you do. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I, I know the, the latest all thing that we did for the kingdom, I actually, uh, I managed to get it through, but a, a formal fundraising structure for the kingdom that is compliant with all of our BODs bylaws and everything. And that was a, a monster. I don't know if you read the whole proposal. I hope you did. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but the, the whole proposal is just the structure for making that happen at a kingdom level. And I was really excited to go through with it. And now I can't. But it passed, so maybe we'll get around to it one day. Hopefully. Yeah, I've noticed you've been putting in a lot of the hours and a lot of the work here a lot lately. I mean, being a monarch and all, but there's a lot of personal <laughs> devotion with that too. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's a lot of fun, and it's something that, you know, I, I started the game maybe 15 years ago. Funny, um, you mentioned it earlier, but Bunch was one of the first people I met also. Um, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. Tie-Dye is the person who got me into the game, and... Bunch was probably oh, my cool. first friend aside from her. Um, cool. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So Bunch is, you know, same same kind of story for me. One of the first people I ever met. And when I started the game, I didn't care about politics. I, I actually, um, I did the opposite of care. I think I hated it. And I was like, this is <laughs> yeah, why. it's pretty normal. Yeah, why do we have a fantasy game with politics? Who would put that in oh a game? That's God. the worst idea ever. And then it Game is. of Thrones. Uh, okay. I like to think that I've aged into it, right? Like I, I like it now because it's interesting to me. Um, but a <laughs> lot of it, excuse you use. Yeah. Well, a lot of it matters and, and I'm, I'm able to see how it matters now, right? Oh, Before, yeah. you know, oh, I just want to play a warrior. I don't care. I just want to fight. I want to hit people. And I'm like, well, it matters how people hit people and it matters where they do it. And it matters what support structures we put in place for them. So, oh, yeah. you know, and I want the game to be around for, I don't know, forever would be a good one, but I'll say the next 20 years is a good start, you know, and, and whatever I can do to make that happen is kind of why I'm, I'm doing it. Um, but one of the things I wanted to, so we, we've, we've been alluding to COVID and, and we've talked about it a little bit. Um, your park is one of the only parks in the kingdom that is currently playing during COVID. In, in Amcord, yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I want to just real quickly as, as the monarch, you know, I guess... People will say allowing that to happen. I want to defend myself for a moment. Um, the the missive that I gave to all local monarchs was, I can't override the law. If it's legal sure. for you to do this thing where you are, per your, your state, your municipality, if it's legal, I can't stop you. At no other point can I override mundane law. I don't know why it should count here as well. So with that in mind, you're playing. How is it? How is it? Is it different during COVID? What's the atmosphere like? Oh, it's exhausting. Uh, <laughs> so we've put a lot of safety measures in um, to try and help prevent COVID from becoming an issue in our park. We wear masks whenever we're not in the field combating. Uh, we have size restrictions with combat. If you're on, if you're in so much of a size, you have to wear a mask. If you're below that size, you do not. Uh, hand sanitizer is always available, um, and we don't share water any longer. Uh, but we kind of get around that by just somebody, somebody 
somebody comes in, just slits their water over open and just dumps it on the table. And, and it's just like free for all. But we used to share water coolers and things like that to help you keep it cool. But obviously with some of the new rules that we're inputting, we can't, can't be sharing stuff like that. So it's just exhausting. Honestly, it's so hot in Alabama and you're sweaty. And after every game, you got to remember to put that thing back on and you're already breathing heavy. Cause let's face it, all three of us are fat kids running on the field. And by the end of it, you're just tired and exhausted. You can't even say your spells because you're like, my power shows, I'm just going to die. And yeah. it just, <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to put on your mask any longer. And it's, it's exhausting. Honestly, um, we've been trying to wear them at the most appropriate times. Um, trying to, as soon as we get done fighting, as soon as you get to a certain range of star so park has a big, big field. Um, and then we have pavilions as well. And we usually set up at the same pavilion. Um, and then once you get past a certain point that you're no longer going to be on the field, you are heading back to the pavilion, put that mask back. We're trying to get people in, in the rotation of doing that, but I'm just going to tell you, it's, it is exhausting trying to put that thing. And especially if you bring your own, like if you have your own cloth one, which I don't have mine in here, but if you have your own cloth one and you've been sweating so much all day and you put that thing on for the first time and it gets wet and then you take it off and then you put it back on, it's like slapping yourself constantly in the face with a really, really thin noodle. It's yeah, awful. not just a thin noodle, but a thin noodle that that smells like gloves too. Oh, uh, and do not burp in that thing at that point when it's wet. It just holds it in there. Oh, yeah, you, will you gas yourself out. You live with that burp for a little while afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, is exactly. is it? Are you getting a lot of pushback from your players, or are they all pretty good with wearing the masks? Is it um, you know, because I mean, if you look at the wider sphere of people, you know, have I'm not going to wear a mask. You can't make me. And so, is that making it into your park, or is this a Oh, you're avoiding. Um, we definitely have controversial point of views. Even some of our monarchy um, at this point thinks that the most responsible thing, and we were talking about this, the most responsible thing is to shut down. Um, and not to shut down, but to physically stop getting together. Um, and I, along with you, feel the same way about this. If it is legally binding for me to allow people to come to the park, and I've got 20, 25 people that want to play, I can't tell them no. Um, I, I mean, I can. <laughs> I'm going to piss off 20, 25 of my friends that I care deeply for. Um, and I might not get so many phone calls anymore, which I like. Um, but it, it's just difficult because you have to take you have to take this point of view, you have to take that point of view, and find a middle ground somewhere. And as far as the masks thing go, um, I, I haven't been like dictator Oz, like wear your mask. But I did put the on our Facebook page is one of our announcements that if you come and play, these are the rules. You, you have to abide by them. If, if not, we, we will ask you to leave. I mean, that's just the brass tacks. Now you can leave and go somewhere else in the park, but you can't join us in what we are doing because we are trying to not only make an example of ourselves for others to see that might want to come join us and see we're practicing somewhat safe distancing protocols, but also that we care about others as well. So it's kind of like a bounce trying to figure out the the medium there and it, it can be it can be exhausting for sure yeah and i mean this has happened at a lot of parks where they're in an area where currently uh the laws are still in place uh that prevent uh contact sports or prevent uh large gatherings from getting together and Players will th- say things like, oh, you know, we're still going to get together. 
uh, anyways, the, the, the monarchy can't sanction something like that. But in a situation like uh, you guys are in where it is actually uh, allowed to get together in that area and the players are saying, we're going to get together. We're going to do this. Under certain circumstances. Yeah. yeah under, uh, under certain circumstances. Uh, I think that I think that you guys are, are 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 taking a good line here and saying, well, it's it's legal to do under these circumstances here, and we're going to try and help facilitate that for the for the players that are that are interested in doing it. And and you're taking some there, there's some precautions and some thought going into to how that can be accomplished and still uh, have your you know twenty plus people out to to have fun. Oh yeah. And I, I know it can be a big deal. A lot of people are viewing us playing as a bad thing. Um, and, and really and truly, I can't tell them that they're hundred percent wrong. Cause I understand. Right. Um, but with us it, in our state, we are very, very fortunate to have a state that I want to say, see some reason. Um, but that's actually not a good thing to say, but it, they, they see the option available where you can still do the thing while being safe. And that's what we're doing. I mean, we're all basically adults. I mean, some of us are kids in adult bodies, but we're all basically mm-hmm. adult-looking creatures, and we can all make our own decisions. And that's one of the biggest things that we, we harp on quite a bit is if you're not comfortable, don't come. And there's not going to be hard feelings. There's not going to be anything bad. It's just if you don't feel comfortable coming, you know, hey, don't come. It's This is not going to be held against you by any means. And we did online things for a while as well to try and give people an outlet to be able to use while still having an amp guard feel. Um, so we've, we've been really, really struggling and trying to, to give everybody the best experience possible, especially with our new rules of play that we have to play by. No no groups bigger than 10, um, yeah. et cetera. So. Yeah, and, and to be clear, I... I think everybody, everybody here at least, is in agreement with you that you know, the 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 safest thing to do absolutely would be uh, uh, to not meet. But again, in a situation where in in your state in your area it's allowed and the players are you have a player base that's really interested, I think that you guys are implementing it in one of the best ways that you could. Yeah, I can I, I can that. say, um, you know, as as a kingdom level monarch, the easier thing to do would just be to let everybody play. You talked about right. getting phone calls, and I get I get at least six or seven a week. Can we play now? Well, I don't know. Let me let me look up your municipal guidelines, and let me go through the thing for right. you, and and let me you know sort it out. And I understand. I'm not holding it holding it against these people. They want to play, and I completely understand that. It would be extremely easy for me to go. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I don't care. Go. Yeah. Go. There there would be no work on my end, right? But I. Telling people not to play is by far the harder, harder option. And I, I have caught flack at a, at a national level. Um, Ampgard International actually reached out and they said, you have, a, you have a park that's playing right now? Like, why? You know, they, 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 they came down to me and were, you know, I mean, it wasn't the Spanish Inquisition. They weren't ready to take my head off, but they were certainly like, what are you doing? And I said, look, they can. There's nothing that their state says. You know, there's nothing that their state has that says they can't. There's nothing that... Um, locally that they're doing um that is against the law that's against the rules i can't stop them right and you know Amphigard international was like well damn okay have a good day cabbage and i was like why did this happen but it would be easier to say yeah everybody can go play and i wish that was the case i i do think i wish we had some more alabama like um 
rules in place that would allow for that. But um, I can tell you from from the Knoxville standpoint, it's not great. It's a we're we're considered a COVID hotspot. Oh gosh! So yeah, that, it's that been does bad frighten here. me. I want to change subject to something a little happier. Uh, Thank you. Please, please, please. So right, we we try to end the show with uh, two questions. First question: Tell us a funny amp guard story. Uh, redact names. We're not looking to incriminate anybody here, but tell us one of the the funny stories that that you've collected over the years. Let's see here. One of the funnier stories was um, it was back when the first the park first got found. We played a game called Goblin Ball. And um, okay, hold on. Um, we I, I hate to interrupt. We did a podcast with Kazan, Sir Kazan, not that long ago, and he mentioned Goblin Ball also, but that it's different from Orc Ball. Is that the same for you? Yeah, it's different from Orc Ball. Yeah. How is it different? So we use uh, a big red ball, and we also use two white balls. It's kind of like Quidditch, just without the brooms. Okay, okay. Big, bigger balls. Um, but... So we were playing that, and it had been raining off and on all day that day. And it was hot, and it was sticky, and it was sweaty. And, of course, if anybody knows me, they know that I, when I get into something like Phoenix League, I get into it. I am running. I am a 6'6 bat guy running like a gazelle across the plains here. Like, I get into it. So we were playing a game of Goblin Ball. I was getting into it. It had rained off and on constantly. I don't wear cleats when I play. And I was running, and I went to hit the ball, and I smacked that thing so hard it broke my sword. Well, in doing it, I didn't think about it. My, I didn't think about my footing when my sword broke. So I literally ran. Like my, I hit it, my sword broke. I look up you know, as I'm running. I didn't realize that there was this huge probably about an eight foot, three inch deep puddle right in front of me. Uh, like I said, I, I get going, I get running. I, 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 di- I didn't have brakes. I literally ran into this thing and slipped on my way in and rode my back and my butt all the way out the other side of this eight foot puddle. And when I stood <laughs> up, dirt and mud and all kinds of crap just came flowing down my back. And when I turned around to show everybody else, I realized I had popped the ball when my sword broke. <laughs> so like, not only did you bust your ass and get all muddy, but you also broke your sword and popped our ball. We can no longer play goblin. You just keep playing at that point with the, with the flat ball. It's yeah, very, that, that's you know. a, absolutely. Oh, we ended up turning it into a ditch after that, that I didn't participate in because I only had the one sword. So yeah, in, in the awesome. mud puddle, in the mud puddle. Yeah. yeah. Nice. There was also, there's actually Facebook pictures on my, send those to us we'll put them with the notes in the, in the podcast okay. yeah absolutely and uh so follow-up question to that uh who would you like to see on the show oh man uh so there's a lot of great people honestly um if you can get the big guy to do it bunch would be a great one to have here i, I, I can only imagine yeah <laughs> i can only imagine he has a ton of stories to be able to tell um, an, another, mm, another really good one that I think would probably have probably quite a bit of stories. And, and we're talking old man stories, like older than, older than flow old man stories is Duffy. 
if you could get Duffy on here and just give him an hour to just talk, I think that would be gold. Just straight gold. And then probably the last one, I think probably a good idea for for just because he's such a rising star and for everything he's been doing over the past two years, I think Clover would probably be a good one to bring here too, just to get his point of view, to get his ideas about what all is going on with him and stuff like that. I think that would be awesome. All right. Bunch, Duffer, and Clover. You heard the man you've been called out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take this whole setup to Bunch's house. He doesn't have a choice. Um, That's fair. So one last thing, actually, I know we said two questions and this is a third one, so feel free to leave. Um, So we call the podcast whack. um, And really, we don't know what that means. I I keep insisting that it stands for warlords and kings. Um, uh, Flo has a different uh, impression of what that's supposed to mean. Wastelands and kingdoms for me, I think is better. Okay. Well, so to, to you, what what should the podcast be named? Let's see here. Foam Slingers Anonymous. Foam Slingers Anonymous. That sounds like it should come with a 1-900 number attached to it. It does. Um, Foam and Slingers Anonymous. And then FSA. All right. Foam Slingers Anonymous. Well, so we did this the last time, and I think we do it this time too. So we're not going to change the name of the show, um, but that'll be your episode title. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, Oz, thank you so much for joining us. It was fun talking to you. And uh, you get back to your uh, pod racer miniature building that you're doing in the background there. <laughs> That's been done for years, man. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, man. You have a good evening. Thanks. You guys too.